Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapadia with Ben Solak. We were thinking, when do we record this week? We don't know if the Eagles are going to sign anybody this week, anybody in the next few days. So we thought, let's give a little recap of the first day of the negotiating period because they lost some players out here. Benjamin, so we'll go through them, talk about them, what we think. Let's start with Javon Hargrave. Four years, $84 million from the Niners. I think when we were doing this exercise on uh, the show last week, I said, would you bring him back for like $17 million? Well, man, he blew that out of the water. Uh, what did you think of that move? I assume you are not going to crush the Eagles for not bringing back oh, Javon Hargrave for $21 million a could, year. Couldn't find $21 million in the couch cushions? <laughs> Howie, come on. I restructure a contract or two. Let's go. Rustle it around. Um, yeah, I remember when we talked about it being like, uh, there was a report at the time that he was going to approach 20. You were projecting around like 18, 17. I think that once Washington defensive tackle Deron Payne, who signed a four-year, $90 million yes. contract, got his extension with the commanders, every defensive tackle went, wait a minute. I've been better than Deron Payne recently because Payne had like an insane contract year. But other than that, hasn't really been like a high production player. He's been a nose tackle. Uh, and so I think that jacked Hargrave's price up. And it looks like the Niners were pretty pot committed to bringing him in. Um, it's funny. I think that a lot of the reason why the Niners brought Hargrave in is because of what the Eagles did to the Niners when they, when they, when they played each other. They played in the NFC Championship game in the Eagles. If you remember, that was the game where they were just running the football at will between the tackles. They were adjusting zone calls and flipping the direction of the back all with the intention of finding the defensive tackle not named Eric Armstead 
and running the ball right at him and basically saying to the Niners, hey, you want to be this penetration team, you can't stop the run. Well, Hargrave now for the Niners is such an improvement at that other defensive tackle spot opposite Eric Armstead. Such a different body type to Armstead too. Armstead's like 6'7", right? He's long, he's linear. Hargrave's like a bowling ball. That man's a cube. He's he's equal. He's, he's, I mean, he is a refrigerator out there in terms of his build. So you have two separate bodies. Hargrave's could be a very effective player against the run. It's not how the Eagles used him, but it, go back to the Steelers film. It's all that he ever did. This is a really, really quality signing for the Niners. Makes a lot of sense for them. But for the Eagles, yeah. Once, once you were probably already priced out, and then once that Deron Payne contract came in, Javon, we loved having you here, brother. You were awesome for us. Congratulations. Yeah, come say hi next time you're in Philly. Always have a home here. Never buy a drink here. Enjoy making 20 plus million dollars with the 49ers. Yeah. That's just not in the cards for Philly right now. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he was one of their best, you know, defensive players on a team mm-hmm. that went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he was terrific for him. And it's funny, you go back to when they signed him that year, they wanted to sign Byron Jones in free agency. They lost out right. to Byron Jones to the Dolphins. They had this money. Where do we spend it? Well, we like Javon Hargrave. Okay, you bring in Javon Hargrave, and it turned out to be a great move uh, for them. And yeah, Hargrave wasn't the pass rusher. He It was a great job, actually. I'll give them credit, their front office, because it was a projection. His pass rush ability, yeah. he had, like you mentioned, he had not shown that in Pittsburgh at all. I, I mean, he, he had not shown that, and so I think they signed him for around $13 million per year, and the last two years specifically, one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL. Last year, 11 sacks from a defensive tackle alignment. That ranked third in the NFL. 53 pressures from a defensive tackle alignment. That ranked second in the NFL. So these are some, these are some big shoes to fill. Like I think we talked about it. Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, some players that have upside that you like. But in terms of interior pass rush, those are big shoes to fill. And now, you know, you might be facing him in the playoffs if stuff, uh, if we see a repeat kind of of last year, who the teams are in in 2023. So uh, I think that one, obviously, sometimes your guys just get paid a lot of money and you can't match them. The next one was interesting to me. TJ Edwards, three years, $19.5 million, uh, $6.5 million per year. Uh, $8 million guaranteed. I think I projected him at $8 million per year, so he comes in a little under that. Are you surprised a little bit that at that number, they didn't bring him back? Yeah, I, I, I would you, I would have brought TJ back at that number in a heartbeat, especially when you see the rest of the linebacker market you know, develop, which, I mean, I think TJ's deal is one of the best bang-for-buck deals in the linebacker market got signed on day one. A lot of linebacker contracts in day one. TJ Edwards getting, what is it, 6.5 per year, right? It's, it's yep. Three for 19.5. David Long for the, the, the Dolphins now at the X-Titan comes in lower, but other than that, Alex Singleton, Eagles fans will remember Alex Singleton. He's making $6 million per with the Broncos now. Bobby Okereke is making $10 million per with the Giants. Uh, Alex Anzalone with the Lions, who the Lions kept Anzalone. He's making more per year than TJ Edwards is, and the Eagles let him walk. That, to me, is bananas. Uh, the big Tremaine Edmonds deal, obviously, that, that Edwards is going to now share the field with Edmonds uh, in, in Chicago. I'm, I'm surprised, even for how the Eagles devalue the position, quote-unquote, that they didn't keep him at this figure. To me, it indicates a couple of things. I think one, Edwards wanted to go to Chicago. Uh, I saw a piece that was written about uh, Edwards from a Chicago beat about how he he was, uh, you know, tailgating in a Devin Hester uniform, and he grew up. Yeah, I think Zach Berman. Yeah, yeah, I think ZB yeah. wrote that one too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was that was Berman. Yeah, and so there's a chance that you know for Edwards it was I want to go be a bear. I've always wanted to be a bear. That that's part of it. Uh, that's fine. 
Uh, the second thing I would say is I think that when they drafted Nakobe, and then the way they subsequently played Nakobe Dean, third round pick out of Georgia, rookie linebacker, never playing him at a different position than Mike linebacker, never trying to replace Kaiser White with Nakobe Dean, but always having him as the backup Mike, always kind of grooming him to be the replacement. I think this was this was the vision since April. It was okay, TJ's gonna play one more year for us, and then he's gonna walk and Nakobe's gonna take his shoes. That makes in April. I would have been 100% on board with that approach. With the way TJ played this year, <laughs> ugh, a lot of eggs in the Nicobe Dean basket. Critical, critical, hugely important player to watch, especially now with the Jason Kelsey news. The most important Eagles rookie at this point, probably coming up now, is going to be Nicobe Dean. And Jordan Davis, too, actually, with the defensive tackle losses. But still, like those are big shoes that Edwards left to fill. And the Eagles stayed committed to the plan and said, we're going to go cheap with Nicobe Dean. Let's see what comes of it, because Edwards right now, to me, is uh, it's a miss for the front office. Yeah, I don't know how to really project what what to expect from Nicobe Dean because on the surface, like he was, a, you know, pretty hyped prospect, and everyone was excited when he fell to the Eagles. But he was a third round pick, eighty third overall pick. Like if you're just looking at the odds, most of those time, most of the time, third round picks do not uh, develop into quality starters. It doesn't mean they never do, but just most of the time, if you're going like, is it fifty fifty or less? Uh, it's less than that. So you see that, and then we have some you know, evidence that like they didn't feel a need to get him on the field. Like they could have found a way to get him on the field last year in certain packages. It's not like, you know, Kaiser White was lighting the world on fire in the second half of the season. And they didn't do that either. We made the joke and, you know, <laughs> late, late in the season, we get the questions every week in the Thursday 10, Nicobe D, Nicobe D. And no, they had no plans to get him on the field. So yeah, very interesting player to keep an eye on in the spring and see what else they do here uh, at linebacker, whether they sign anyone. But yeah, there were a couple outlier contracts. Tremaine Edmonds, you mentioned, $17 million per year from the Bears monster deal. And then the Giants, which to me, this was a head scratcher. Bobby Okereke for $10 million a year, the Giants signed Okereke. And then there were a bunch of guys who were right in that between 5 and $7 million per year. David Long Jr., Jermaine Pratt. TJ Edwards, Alex Anzalone, Quincy Williams, Alex Singleton, all these, I, I call them like the, now they have a range to them, but like solid starter linebackers, like it's just, all right, $6 million a yeah. year. That's what you're, what, what you're going to get. So um, they didn't go after any of those other guys. Now I'll tell you the guys who are still available, Levante David, Bobby Wagner, Drew Tranquil, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, Aziz Alshair, and Kaiser White. Those are the other guys I had on kind of my top 100 uh, linebacker list. So we'll see if they make any moves there. Or they might not make any moves. They might see what happens in the draft, or they might bring back Kaiser White for like three to four million dollars, and then see what else they need to do in the summer. Nicobe Dean and Kaiser White starting linebackers for the Eagles Week One, 2023. Too I'm gonna small. be. A, I'm gonna be yeah. a scared. Yeah, I'm gonna be a scared puppy. Yeah. That and that you brought up the size. The size I think is the big is the concern. That's why when you said Leighton Vander Esch's name, I was like, oh no, please don't do this to me. Bobby Wagner too, don't do this. Do not bring in injured but big two-down linebacker, which is what TJ was when he was bad. Not injured, but big two-down linebacker. And then he finally got good and you got rid of him to replace him with the old prototype? That would drive me nuts. So Levante yeah. David, I'm very interested in. Aziz El Shair, be a weird fit, but sure, let's try it. Uh, if they go like, Bobby Wagner Redux, I'm going to lose my mind. 
I feel like they're not going to make a move. I, I feel like, because like you said, I mean, I they were I willing to, to spend in the six-ish, you know, for a linebacker. I would think they would have had interest in bringing back TJ Edwards, and that did not happen. So, yeah, I wouldn't have killed them if they would have signed Edwards to that deal. I would have said, okay, that's a reasonable move to make. At the same time, I don't, I'm not like, oh my gosh, how could they not sign uh, TJ Edwards here? All right. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Next one, Marcus Epps, two years, $12 million. I think someone on this podcast projected him around 5 to $6 million and got laughed at in an episode uh, last week. I won't name any uh, names here. He goes... <laughs> Ben is silent clapping. I don't know if it comes that's not silent. Audio. That's right next to the mic. Okay. I better catch I mean, that. I, listen, we gotta you gotta really like I you know we we have, I we have Joe, in, in our house we have we call it like my my daughters call it Indian clapping and like American clapping. I don't know why, but I'm like a big clapper. I'm like let's go. Like what well, you know yeah. if I'm if we're just if we're at like a school event and it's like you know clap for the principal. I'm the loudest clapper. I feel like in the assembly. I like to give what, it my all what, for a clap. What you clapping for the principal for? Whoever, I don't know the principal, the pizza, I don't know. Listen, you yeah. go in these little cafeterias, everyone's hunched up, someone gets introduced, and people clap. So I clap, and then as Birds with Friends listeners know, I uh, mumble to my wife, give it up, give it up. As like a little cheap <laughs> eye rolls at me, and then we go on. So this is how we handle I, My uh, whole plan there was to just give some claps to the audio, which... <laughs> yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching my my recording device, and this is definitely picking it up. Oh, so as to not interrupt yeah. you, so you could keep talking, and oh, then you okay. just slam the emergency <laughs> brakes on and said, "No, we're discussing the clap." <laughs> so Marcus Epps to the Raiders, two years, twelve million. What do you think? Would you have? Uh, I I put this one in the same boat as T.J. Edwards. Like if they signed T if they signed Marcus Epps for that deal, I would have gone, "Okay, that's reasonable. You get a starter for the next two years." They're not signing him, and I'm not going, what are you doing? How could you not bring back Marcus Epps? Um, so I'm pretty much in the whatever, let's see what else they do here category. Yeah, I, you? I'm fine with Len Epps' walk, uh, just because to me, I think that that's a replaceable caliber of player. I'd feel better about it if they had Chauncey locked down, which from all the reporting, it sounds like the guy they're really trying to keep in the building is Chauncey. And it's just like, well, now if you're not able to get the Chauncey contract done, which... Uh, ex-Bengal safety Jesse Bates just signed with the Falcons for $16 million per year. And I think that, that that's a number that Chauncey's going to shoot for. I don't think he's going to get it, but I think that he's going to see that number and say, I deserve to be in that range. Uh, which might make, make things more challenging for the Eagles. So if you had 
Chauncey Garner-Johnson signed and secured, then I'd feel better about losing a safety because then you only have to deal with replacing one of the two spots. If you lose out on Chauncey, now you have two gaps at safeties and your best backup option is Reed Blankenship. Mm, that's worrisome. There's work to be done there. You know, Sean Desai's coming away from Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. Obviously, Adams was hurt all season, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a defense that requires a lot of their safeties. Like I said, when we talked about Epps, uh, this version of too high is going to ask way more of the safeties than John Gannon's day, where they just put him back there and kind of forgot about him. So we will see. Uh, uh, if they keep Chauncey, I'm cool with it. If they lose Chauncey, I'm still fine with it. But now safety becomes a, a, a big item of concern. They got a lot. They have a lot of work to do. I mean, it's. I understand why. It's. I'm not. I'm not saying it's any of it is avoidable. But you just look at the sheer amount of snaps. Marcus Epps played the most snaps on defense. For they had three players play over a thousand snaps last year. Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, and T.J. Edwards. And there's a pretty good chance all three of those guys are not going to be uh, on your team anymore. Chauncey Gardner Johnson played 700 snaps. Javon Hargrave played 687 snaps. So just like you need bodies. You know, you need quality players but you also just need bodies to uh play there yeah. so we'll see what else they do there their secondary safety. is so thin man with with like Very the slay with the slay yeah. trade conversations plus yeah. well, let's Bradbury get into free that. agency yeah we haven't really talked about that yet but just yeah. like let's say they they add no secondary players in all the free agency and they lose everybody then technically the starting team would be <laughs> zach mcpherson and josh joby as your outside corners avante maddox in the slot with reed blankenship and Kayvon Wallace, Wallace? Is he still? as your yeah. safeties? Yeesh. So they got to add some secondary players is yes. the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Slay. Uh, since you brought it up after our last show, before this show, there were reports that Eagles had given him permission to seek a trade. Then he said he did not ask to be traded. My read on this is that he would like a year tacked on to his deal. He's getting paid good money in 2023. He's 32 years old. He probably would say, hey, let me get one more year here. And the Eagles are saying, dude, you're 32 years old. We're not giving you another year. But if you think there's another team out there who would give you the money, the deal that you want, then go ahead, explore it, and we can talk about a trade. So um, I don't know. I mean, my impression would be that no team is going to say yes we will give you that money and then an actual yeah. trade would happen at the same time this is where you kind of have to figure out manage the relationship what are you going to do his agent is drew rosenhaus and so is he coming back uh on unhappy terms where he's saying i'm not getting what i deserve and uh, i i still think the most likely scenario is probably that he just ends up coming back but sort of a weird wrinkle that we were not expecting to be talking about this offseason yeah, I think that I, I agree. Uh, to me, this reads as like Drew, like Darius Slay being like, I want to stay in Philly, and Drew Rosenhaus being like, I can get the number way better. And then Drew Rosenhaus going to the Eagles and being like, let's make this number way better. And the Eagles being like, no. And Drew Rosenhaus going back to Darius Slay and being like, dude, like, let me go on the trade market. Like, let me get leverage. Like, I can get this number way better. And Darius Slay going like, okay. And like, like Drew's, Drew wants to get Slay's number. Like, you know, Slay's got not a lot of guarantees left and he's got void years and like, there's a way that they structure this out to give him more safety kind of as he goes into his 30s. And he played really well this season, and so he has leverage to stand on. But yeah, to me, this feels like negotiating stuff. It's worth noting that as of yesterday, Darius Slay was on his podcast beseeching free agents to come to the Eagles to play for a championship <laughs> team, which feels good in terms of him staying. It's worth noting the free agent he particularly by name was courting was Adam Thielen. So maybe it's like a sleeper operation where he's trying to make the team worse 
like oh, Adam come to the Eagles and he's out and it's like he's kind of you know sandbagging as he leaves um, but I think probably Darius Slay actually just thinks Adam Thielen is good uh, and so yeah I, I'm not too worried about Slay uh, leaving that, that that report at first I was like what is going on and then the more you know leaks that came out the one I was like oh this is this is agent contract negotiation behavior yeah no I, I think so too but we'll see what happens there uh, Andre Dillard we didn't talk about him at all did you see this deal three yeah. years 29 million dollars wait what what yeah yeah what? to the that those were the reported terms to the tennessee titans which i did a story on andre dillard when the eagles first drafted him talking to everybody around him and it was very clear that this isn't like your prototypical foot all right google it make sure i'm giving I'm the right that that's yeah that's what i saw am i wrong no you're uh, right but this oh, I'm right. Is that okay. you're right yeah. And, oh, I should be talking into the mic. Sorry. <laughs> I was peering at my screen. I wasn't in front of the mic at all. He's not your prototypical, you know, football guy. I, I think the headline of the story I wrote was like football chose him. Like he was a great athlete and he ended up being good at it and he had the right coaching and he was had a nice college career and he becomes a first round pick. But uh, this wasn't like a, you know, for the love of the game type football player so the fit with mike rabel to me is that i feel like yeah. could go very badly yeah it could go very bad i will say this i think i may be one of the few people who still believes like andre dillard can be a competent left tackle in the nfl in the right situation right. i thought his film when he played left tackle was fine uh obviously he had the weird right tackle thing where he's like no i can't do that i'm not doing that don't even try me doing that he played some guard he, you know i i, I can't say he stood out one way or the other, but I think he has the tools on like a short term if he really wants to do it and if the coaching is right that he can be an okay left tackle. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, what that looks like with the Titans next year. I would not peg him for like a run heavy Mike Rabel, Derrick Henry I, yeah. type offense at all. Uh, I, I actually thought he might have been a good fit for the Chiefs, honestly, if they were going to go like kind of discount shopping for a left tackle. I thought that might have been a good home for him. I don't know that this is going to be a good home for him and I was not expecting I just, him to get that kind of money. The fit is very peculiar. Like yes. If, if there's any knock on Dillard, it's toughness. And if there's anything the Titans are at their right. core, it's tough. That's all and they then, care about. And then I just, I want to know how, how they get, like on what leg did they stand on to get this deal? Like Dill, like a one-year flyer on Dillard, like even like, I'll oh, make it a two-year deal, but like you can get out of it after the first year, whatever, like structure however you want. But a like one-year, hey, trial, come win this left tackle job. And if you win it, then you get an extension. Like, that makes a ton of sense for Dillard. And it makes sense for the Titans needing to get any guy to do that, right? Like, they desperately need left tackle. Taylor Luan is gone. Their offensive line is in shambles. Where are you? Like, three or 29, this has got to be all the guaranteed monies in year one. I can't believe that this is, is real. And maybe that's the point. Maybe the Titans are like, hey, you're going to get a better chance to win the starting job here than you will anywhere else. In return, we're going to get some cost-controlled years such that when you are good at left tackle, we're getting you under market. Maybe that's part of the negotiation because if Dillard is solid, then like $9.66 million per year is like, that's great for a starting left tackle. I just like, it's a far leap between like, Dillard's looked solid when he's been out there the last couple of years to three years, $29 million starting yeah. left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. That to me is a bridge. Uh, remember when when Big V got five years, $50 million from the Lions? Yeah. To like just... This feels exactly like this, where it's like, oh, Stoutland coached him up. He's good. And then he immediately got outside of the Eagles umbrella and just couldn't figure out North. Like that, to me, this feels that way. Well, left tackle is so weird. Like Joseph Noteboom 
last year, you know, the Rams needed a, a replacement for Whitworth. Note Boom had started a total of 17 games in four years. And I don't even think all, not all those were at left tackle. I think he started like nine games at left tackle and he got three years, $40 million uh, from the Rams. So he got over $13 million. It's like, if you show at any point that you could play left tackle, you end up having a market. And like you said, if he ends up playing like the 24th best starting left tackle in the NFL, that's like actually a fine deal for the Titans. But the question is, can he stay healthy? Can he play? Is he going to fit in that scheme? There is a, <laughs> there's potential for that thing to blow up with Andre Dillard, but we forgot to talk about him on the preview thing. So I wanted to mention that. All right. Uh, last couple here, Brandon Graham. This is another one I got. Listen, I got some of these wrong. That was one I got. I nailed one year, $6 million for Brandon Graham returning. I don't even know that we need to uh, say a whole lot about that. that. That's a home run that you do every time, right? Heartbeat of the defense is back. Heartbeat of the offense is back and on on, yeah. on these deals. Talk about culture, man. Uh, so yeah, BG back is great. Uh, the Eagles could still go edge relatively early in the draft if they want to, but they don't have to, which is nice, right? We talk about all that that concern in the secondary. Well, it's nice to take a position and go, okay, this isn't dire. We, we can... We can leapfrog over this position this year in the draft if we need to so that's always a great freedom to have the eagles might not exercise that freedom because they love drafting trenches but you have it and that's good uh and then and, and yeah and graham is obviously like it's not just like a, oh you know hometown he's depth like he had 11 sacks like he's still an impact player so it's yeah. a it's great work yeah, he was great in that role where he didn't have to play a lot of snaps. And when he did come in, he was awesome. Uh, Jason Kelsey, we don't know what the numbers are, but he's returning. Like you mentioned, my question for you, Benjamin, as the draftnik of the show, can Cam Jurgens play guard? Is Cam Jurgens going to play guard for Isaac Sayamalu? Or is he going to be wasted for the second year of his uh, on his rookie contract just sitting on the bench, the 51st overall pick. And by the way, this is not hindsight. I mean, this was the concern when you drafted Cam Jurgens in the second round. It was like, is he going to see the field? Because Jason Kelsey might just decide year after year that he wants to continue to play. And so uh, I don't think Jurgens played any, I think he only played center, right? He was a tight end and then played center in mm-hmm. college. Uh, I was just wondering what you thought about that possibility or if it's something we come back to in a future episode if you don't really have, a, have an answer for it. You can look at it for sure. He's just big enough. He's a shade under 6'3 and a shade over 300 pounds. So he's like, you know, Garrett Bradbury, Drew Dolman sized. So you really don't like him a ton anywhere but center, but you can try to get away with it. Definitely uh, not prototypical, not like a guy who you draft and are like guard yeah. center, but now it's year yeah. two and you say, well, we have a need at guard. So I uh, was just wondering if you think they'll, he'll, he'll get a look there. Or how not. big, how big was, was Ali? Ali Marpet was pretty small. Ali Marpet, I was six, four, three Oh seven. He had arm length too. He's, he's, he's long. Yeah. It's tricky. You could try it. I will say that the Eagles have over the course of Stoutland's time, kind of having a lot of sway in that room. Have they've really liked tackle sized guards Think about Brandon Brooks. Think about how the Blue Vatibaitai. Think about Isaac Sayamalo, who even for, for being mostly a career guard, still had the size that would have allowed him to play tackle. And then even Landon Dickerson, who at times played tackle in, in college, right? They typically preferred bigger guards. Uh, I don't think when they drafted Jurgens, they thought about playing him at guard. I think they'll cross-train him. They'll have him learn the position in a pinch. They might need to get it done. But again, like who's their ideal backup guard? It's Jack Driscoll. What did Jack Driscoll play in college? Tackle. So they tend to like yeah. to put tackles on the inside. So I, I don't think it's part of the intended plan. 
Okay, so we'll see what the plan is then for Jurgens here in year two, how much of a look he gets there in the spring. All right, so I guess the question is now what for the Eagles? I'm looking at my top 15 here, Benjamin. I've only got four players unsigned, and two of them are Eagles, James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Those two players, as of this recording, Monday night at 9.37 p.m. Eastern Time, have not been signed. If you're looking at, hey, what, what did we learn about the market at those two positions? Jamel Dean gets $13 million per year from the Bucks. I thought he was the top corner on the market, only really because he was younger than James Bradbury. But that could indicate that, you know what, teams are not paying big money uh, for these corners, and maybe the price comes down a little bit for Bradbury and who knows what happens with Slay, but maybe you think about bringing him back. Safety, Jesse Bates gets near the top of the market, $16 million per year. The only other safety I think who got signed was Epps at $6 million per year. So uh, there's still that wide range. Did so- oh, no, I'm sorry. Von, Von Bell. Bell. But we don't have... I don't think we have numbers on that one. No, money came out, came Von out. Bell. We've been recording, Sheila and I, for a while now. Uh, Albert Breer, okay. Von Bell, three years, $22.5 million, $16 million over the oh, few over really? the first two years. Yeah. So it's honestly, it's not it's nice huge money for, the for, Panthers. for Von Bell. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's relatively low. So I don't think right now, like, uh, to me, like, Epson Vaughn's deal, like, Chauncey's very clearly priced out of those. I think Chauncey's going to point you to the Jesse Bates deal. Uh which was like you said was sixteen million per. I think it's going to point to the Marcus Williams deal. Uh, Williams was his teammate with the Saints, who signed with the Ravens last year. I want to say it was four years, seventy 14. million. Yeah, fourteen million per, uh, and that's where he's going to say he's the range he'd like to be in. And I think the Eagles know that and are trying to work around that. So we'll see. Yeah, I I said before free agency, thirteen million gets you in like top ten safety range. Fourteen million is Marcus Williams range. And then if there's not that market, he's obviously not finding a Jesse Bates deal. If he, if he were, he would have already signed it. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's, there's always surprises, but that would be my read on the situation. If those deals aren't there for him, now you're looking more, you know, Quandre Diggs, I think, was $13 million, uh, and Justin Reed was $10.5 million. So, yeah. it's, it's basically, I think, going to be somewhere between $10.5 million per year and $14 million per year. And where in that range it falls, that will probably determine whether the Eagles are able to sign him or not. But Gardner Johnson does not go off the board uh, early on on the first day here of the negotiating period. So that's worth noting. All right. I think that's everything. Isaac Sayamalu still out there, did not get signed. Some guards are getting big time money. We'll see if he joins that group uh, or not. Eagles will need to have a plan there. We'll see if they have any trades up their sleeves or not. When they do something, when other players get signed, whatever, we will be back here to talk about it thank you to benjamin solak ace producer cliff augustine just going back to back for us you can listen to our league-wide thoughts on the ringer nfl feed with extra point taken all right i'm shield kapati we'll talk to you soon once again on the ringers philly special (laughs) 